We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome along to a bonus edition of Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined on today's show by our regular co-host, that is Sean Siegel. We're also joined by Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixta, that is A-M-I-C-S-T-A. Ourselves and Anthony are doing an FBG, that is a Football Guys Players Championship draft over at the FFPC. Top prize is $500,000. Entry fee is $350 and there is 3.769750 million dollars in prize money so there's a lot up for grabs here it's going to be a fun contest we do a couple of these each year and uh, this is the first one we've had this year we've got a lot of positive feedback on the drafts that we have been doing and sharing obviously it's always great to hear uh, Sean and his thoughts and how he's making those selections will make you a smarter drafter along the way. So we're joined as well by Anthony Amico in this, and it's going to help with those decisions while you're on the clock because you can hear exactly what these guys are doing when they're on the clock. So we have a couple of rounds down. We've started off from the 11th spot with Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, TJ Hawkinson. We are hoping that we can get ourselves DJ Moore here in just a little moment. We picked at spot 11, two picks to come back to us. Hopefully we'll get DJ Moore. If not, we may have to check some other options here. But it's going to be a fun draft. We're going to see how long we hold out with our zero RB approach in this one. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun to watch that. Before we get into the draft, just want to let you know, as a podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a road of his NFL pass. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. That's going to help set you up for the season. It'll get you all the content up on the site, get you all of Sean's articles, get you all of the tools, everything we talk about on the show. You'll be ready to go to win a championship in 2021. So we'll get into it. We're going to see where we're going. Let's see if we can get ourselves DJ Moore. Uh, I think the other thing to help with that is there's... DJ Moore, um, the other player I have in the queue here moving forward, there's a, there's a couple of guys though, but we have Deontay Johnson, um, T Higgins, who usually goes a bit later in there, and Chris Godwin. Any of those guys, if DJ Moore's gone, any preference over the rest of the guys there, um, Anthony? Ooh, that's, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I we wouldn't get a chance, I guess, on – I'm trying to look at these ADPs. We are unlikely, I guess, 
to get uh, DJ Moore, uh, DJ DJ Moore just goes. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I mean, hoping that was going to happen. Yeah, I think we're again. I want to hear what you guys think, but we could double tap tight end and, and take Andrews, or I'd say we just go the next tier down. Um, oh, we could take we could take a Rams guy. We could take Cooper Cup. We could take Higgins. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious, what you guys think. I would leave. We're not going to get Higgins if he if we don't take him here. And so if we think that he has sort of that CD Lamb potential. Colin and I are kind of on the Bengals bandwagon. We think they're going to have three top twenty four, maybe even three top fifteen wide receivers. Do you think that's in the mix for the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I think they can throw the ball seven hundred times. So uh, I'm I'm definitely good with T if that's if that's the guy you guys love. Uh, I'm on board. I mean, I think the range of outcomes with him and uh, and CD is about the same so we take t higgins there and i know it is you know it's a bit above adp in that but i i'm happy to take him anywhere normally from five picks after that and i think that like the upside now of having redley hill and higgins as your three wide receivers and then hawkinson i think is is extremely good i know sean likes deontay johnson um i would like um higgins over him and slightly over godwin um so it's going to be interesting i think we've in terms of how things started, I would I would rather get DJ Moore there, but I think things have uh, started pretty well for us. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I think because uh, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I just can the board break much better. I mean, you know, we missed out on one guy by one spot. We still got we you know we replaced DJ Moore with another like uber stud young guy that has a an awesome ceiling. I mean, we have our tight end. We don't have to worry about reaching for these like mediocre tight ends um because I, I think that F, you know i think tight end premium means good tight end premium uh, but so we don't want to pay for these we don't want to pay for these like uh you know touchdown dependent low volume tight ends uh and i feel like that's what happens in these ffpc leagues if you don't get the guy early who can who can secure that volume and uh i'm, I'm not to pick on any teams but team six has started with three running backs through three rounds do we get a, a four running back start here we'll see so the urban sombrero has for us <laughs> yeah hope, hopefully we'll see what happens uh see what happens being pushed down but yeah i think I, i'm really pleased with with that start um puts us in a really good position now moving forward um sean any i know we're looking quite a bit ahead any targets that um you're really hoping that are there for us when we when we come back now in that fifth sixth turn yeah they're going to be all kinds of guys that could make the difference for us here we have we're in better position to take advantage of a Javante Williams, something like that, if he falls to us as he has on a number of occasions. Before we get to that, I just want to point out that this start is fantastic, right? We talked about that tier break. We saw the tier break happen, but unlike in some of the other drafts where we've been kind of in this spot, we have Hawkinson, which I, I really feel like could be the pick. I think that he has that chance to jump into the Kelsey Kittle Waller group. I mean, he's got that athleticism. He's made great progress through the first couple of years. He came in as a fantastic pro prospect. He's more athletic than people realize. I mean, you're talking about a guy who could lead the tight end position in targets. And in addition to the, the brilliance of those top three tight ends as talents, the volume does play in, right? And so if he can put that in there, then you, know, you have a home run pick and it, it solves the need at tight end where if you have to take tight ends later, you've got to take more of them. It costs you roster slots. Then we come back around. We get Higgins well above ADP, but he's not going to come back around. I haven't had a chance to get him in a draft yet because the question is always, do you want to take him like two rounds ahead of ADP or do you want to not get him? 
Well, that's a, I mean, that's a tough choice. But we've mentioned DJ Moore, how he has everything about his profile that Stephon Diggs had last year in terms of being ready to make the leap to being a top two or three guy, except he's got Sam Darnold, right? You look at T. Higgins, I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that it's the most likely outcome. But even with the other two elite receivers there, I think Higgins could finish as the wide receiver one. I think he could be the number one guy. And so with that situation, him jumping up, what he has in his profile to be Justin Jefferson plus, I mean, I, I like where we are. So now we look at these wide receivers coming back into the five, six range. We want to keep loading up. People are going to give us some bargains here. Anthony, who should we be looking at for our next group of receivers? I mean, I love, I would love if we could get Ayuk, Claypool. Oh, yeah. Those are the, those are the guys that I'm that I'm really into this year. I mean, I, you look at their ranges of outcomes, like based on guys that that have you know preceded them with similar profiles. I mean, Ayuk looks the part of a wide receiver one, um, and he's kind of being discounted because of what we talked about before with the the potential volume concerns, um, uh, the fact that you know Kittle now is healthy, you know Debo Samuel now is healthy. But I still think that Ayuk has you know, a, a, an extremely enticing profile uh, and Claypool. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, he was fantastic last year. Um, I think that, you know, we see guys like Claypool increase their target share in year two. Um, you know, he's someone that the team admitted openly last year that they weren't giving as many reps to because they didn't want him to hit that rookie wall. Now he's in year two. I think that gives him a way better chance to, you know, potentially lead this team in terms of receiver snaps. Uh, obviously gives him a ton of upside. He's really their only red zone target out of that receiver group. So I, uh, those are, those are the two guys I'm, I'm really jiving for here. Yeah. I think the best thing could happen to us here moving forward now is Josh Allen's just going off the board. If we could, you know, get Lamar Jackson and one of these picks going off the board as well, it's going to push some of those guys down and um, would put us in a, a really good spot. Um, Deontay Johnson has gone off the board. Um, I think, um, Jerry Judy, I know Sean is, is somebody Sean likes and he's kind of started to bring me around. Uh, I was more on, on the Cortland Sutton side of things, but, um, have drafted a lot more of Jerry Judy over the last couple of weeks there. Um, interesting to note that Team 4 has auto-drafted all um, five picks so far <laughs> and is uh, ending up with quite a quite a decent start. Um, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how his team ends up. I think he's forgot that the draft is on. Um, but we're going to come back up to our pick pretty quickly here. Um, I think if we can get and we should be able to get two out of any of those wide receivers that we mentioned would put us in a in a phenomenal start here if we can get them because they those guys like sean hinted at at the start as dallas goddard goes off the board which is going to help us there as well um as sean mentioned a lot of the time these guys are going and these picks just before us were as now they look to be kind of falling to us so i don't want to curse it too soon but let's uh let's see who who can land here for us if we don't have exactly the guys that we want, where are you with Javante Williams? Is he someone that you're deviating from zero RB to take in some drafts? And what are your thoughts on the dual threat quarterbacks? Very, very expensive. Uh, there is definitely risk when you're passing up these types of players, when you've got guys like Rodgers, Brady, Burrow, much later, and then the dual threat rookies much later. How, how do you like to play the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're at a point where the depth at quarterback, especially in some with some of these dual threats, is is almost so good that we can we can pass on the the top guys unless we get them at a really good value. Um, you know, certainly replacing the 
production sometimes of like a Lamar, a Kyler, it can be difficult, but I don't know. I, I think that like, especially with the infusion of these rookies, I think that there is like some ceiling upside now later at quarterback that we maybe haven't seen in the last couple of years. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about a guy like Jalen Hurts who we know can run around um, Burroughs down there. So I don't know. I mean, we just went on the clock here. Ayuk's gone. So I, I kind of feel like we're choosing maybe between these Denver players, you know, we could take Javante Williams here. Um, we could go for a guy like Claypool, though. I think he might make it back to us. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm good for making the move for Williams. At, but Judy and Claypool, we won't be able to get both of them in all likelihood. Judy comes back into this range. Claypool comes back into this range occasionally. Uh, we would we would hopefully have someone like a LaVisca Chenault later, maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster to play You know, some of those teams in a little bit different way. Colin, what are you looking at at this point? I would probably try and get two wide receivers here in honor of Anthony. All right. Show. All right. Come I, th- on. I think we would go. Uh, I think I would go with Judy here. Your we call lock show. up Claypool because his ADP is earlier. And we go okay. Back. We'll we'll back. The uh, the guest rules in those scenarios. So we have taken Claypool, but I, I just think we just with it being a you know a, a in season managed league. I think we just take the chance and we. We live out in history right here live on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I would just love, I would love to to live the dream like uh you know, like Blair did last year with, with Sean, you know, just waiting until the nether regions of the of the draft, uh, taking Zach Moss, I think, is your RB one and then having a really high finish in the overall. I mean, that's just that's the dream. Um I, I'm with you guys on Judy, by the way. I mean, you look at his profile versus Sutton. I know that Sutton had uh, you know, that excellent second season, but I mean, Judy, I think Nuts to Bolt still has probably the better profile, still managed to produce last year in a, a less than ideal scenario. Um, I'm definitely on board. And we had some news come out today that Sutton may not be 100%. And I, that wouldn't get me off of Sutton, but it also doesn't surprise me. I think that things really are tilted in the favor of Judy. And Anthony, one of the things that we like to do, I'll be interested in your take on this. We like to take Judy and then take Handler in the last round. I think Hamler gives us kind of that second shot to have the young Broncos breakout player in my personal rankings, uh, which, you know, I, I don't even necessarily put out because I don't want people to take Hamler like in round 12. I don't think Ham- there's that. Hamler's the 101 in Sean's rankings. <laughs> <laughs> He's the 101. Uh, I don't think there's that big a difference between Hamler and Sutton and Judy either. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, so, you know, I, I was trying to get, Handler from you this year in our dynasty league, so I'm, I'm obviously uh, I'm obviously a fan. Um, that's a little spicy. I mean, I think that Hamler profiles as like a Deshaun Jackson type player if all things are going really well. So I don't know, I don't know if he matches up quite with those guys, but definitely uh, definitely ceiling potential. Hundred percent. Like he would be a better selection on all 31 other teams. Uh, so Judy does come back around. The picks in the interim were Melvin Gordon and Kenny Galladay, which do still put Javante Williams in this very enticing spot. But we have committed. We're going to go ahead and select Judy. Uh, That extreme zero RB build that Anthony is referring to is one that Blair Andrews and I performed uh, in some ways willingly, in some ways against our will in last year's FFPC main event. Uh, We got off to a fantastic start because our receivers all put up like 20, 30 point games in the first couple of weeks, we were out there in front. Then we got into a situation where we actually didn't have running backs. And 
one of the things we talk about a lot in 2021 is that's almost impossible to do. Like we've been fighting off Javante Williams in this draft in order to keep taking wide receivers, but it's almost impossible to have running back to not have running back scoring. The position is so deep. And yet Blair and I managed to do that. We ended up with Heinz and McKissick really as our only guys to the draft, but the receivers again at the end scored so many points that they won the league scored so many points that they were one of the first teams. If not, I think it was like the second or third team that wasn't a Camara Diggs team in the final. We finished 31st overall. I mentioned that because we were talking about it, but also because it gives an example of zero RB in real events. And I think sometimes when we're talking about this, some listeners, some readers don't think that we actually do this and that it actually works. And yet the numbers are very, very much in our favor. Yeah, it does work. The one thing I'm wondering, Sean, I still can't figure out why at the 111 last year you didn't draft Alvin Kamara. What happened there? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, if you have Christian McCaffrey last to you with the 11th pick, which unfortunately didn't in this draft, I would recommend selecting him. But if that's not your option, then you're going to have to figure out some approaches that allow you to get those points back. One of the things that we did was take Tyreek Hill, take Calvin Ridley, try and not allow the Christian McCaffrey owner to be able to start McCaffrey Metcalf Jeff Jefferson. Unfortunately, the rest of our draft did not comply. And so the McCaffrey owner gets this amazing draft where he has McCaffrey and then two of the most exciting wide receivers in the entire NFL. So one of the reasons that you do this is not just to win your own spot, but to keep other players within your league from having an uber team you don't want the guys who get the number one pick to also be gifted all the best players which is what happens if drafters don't follow the right structure fortunately we're in a great spot we have hill we have ridley we have hawkinson and then follow that up with higgins claypool and judy one of the fun things to do here is to continue to take some wide receivers some analysts will look at this and say you're just kind of being silly you're trying to take it to the extreme to have fun with it at the same time if we have those wide receivers, it's almost impossible not to dominate the bye weeks. And Anthony, bye weeks are going to be a big deal as we get deeper into this managed contest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I think I talk about this to people all the time. It's like you already have, like right now, people would look at our roster and say, we already have five receivers. Like you can't start, <laughs> you can't start them all and you can't start anymore. But uh, I think, and this is something that you've talked about and written about so much, like by continuing to pound away at receiver, like we're just expanding our advantage. Uh, it's not actually a detriment to us because we're avoiding some of these running backs that uh, maybe have less intriguing profiles. Uh, you know, we're increasing our advantage at the receiver position, which is a position of strength, uh, allowing us to continue to dominate the flex. And uh, that's just overall way better for us, I think, uh, as a team. I think it's going to put us in a, a really strong position here too, as we get back into these next picks. Um, it was that was the kind of point I was most concerned about was the last two picks as to who would be there available to us. So I think so far, I think it's worked out pretty much as, as well as we could have probably hoped. So um Anthony, what are some of the guys you might be interested here um in this turn and like like we mentioned there about the bye weeks, do you think that we continue to to aim at the wide receiver position? Have you any interest in a, a second tight end out of maybe Fant or Thomas or are we starting to potentially look towards a, a QB? Yeah, I mean, Fan obviously does have a pretty intriguing profile as well. Um, I don't know if we want to be super uh, indebted to the to the Denver Broncos this year, but I mean, you know, Fan and Hawkinson obviously on the same Iowa team. Uh, Fan 
definitely has a very similarly intriguing profile. So I would consider him. And, and on the receiver side, um, we're getting into that Debo, LaVisca, Chenault range. And uh, those are two guys that I definitely really like. I mean, Chenault, I, I think, I mean, I, I couldn't possibly de- describe him as well as Sean does. And I think as him and Ben have done, I'm, I'm stealing bananas. So I would say just go listen there. Um, but I, they, they've made a compelling argument, I think, for Debo as well a couple times where, you know, Debo is this uh, receiver that's been like incredibly efficient and is still, you know, pretty early in his career, even though he's a little older. So uh, I'm intrigued by both of those guys. I also love Tyler Boyd. Um, again, I don't, I don't know if we want to uh, – I don't know how much you guys think about like having two guys in the same team, you know, whatever, in these managed leagues versus like a best ball. But If it's in the highest scoring offense on the NFL, like the Cincinnati Bengals – we're all for it. Our Bengals. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, uh, actually, one of the teams, Sean, we had last year that done pretty well was the um, we had the the Panthers and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So, like, you know, those things can work out very well as long as the players are very good. And that's a little bit more hoping for with this Broncos team because obviously they got the quarterback who, who did that. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see if any of that comes to fruition. Anthony, are there any running backs in this range that you'd be tempted off of the wide receivers? Let's say only one. We've got about four guys we really like at wide receiver here. Let's say only one of them come back around, or even say two of them come back. Is there a running back who tempts you enough to move to a lower scoring position at this point in the draft? You know, I don't think so. I mean, I I don't really love the names that are there at the top of the board. I mean, I think I I like guys like A.J. Dillon. I like Ronald Jones. um, But those are maybe, I think, too early for us at the 7-8 turn. I'm not really as big on Michael Carter as you guys. I mean, I think you guys have made some really good arguments for Michael Carter. I'm still just a little worried about like just the overall system. You know, the fact that I don't think the jets are going to be a particularly high scoring team. Uh, you know, I would expect them to rotate backs. I, I don't know. I mean, 
I know that that's probably, I, I have a feeling that that is going to be the player that maybe we would have to have some discussion over, but I'm not, uh, I'm not particularly enthralled by him this year. For me on this range, it feels like, I think we probably would look to potentially hit um, wide receiver again twice. I, I think where the running backs really start to become very interesting is in that nine ten range. And I think the guys you mentioned, like Dylan, I know somebody that me and Sean like a lot this year, Zach Moss, and like James Connors in that range too. They're kind of guys that I might be hoping to get, but I think we can probably get them in the nine ten range. Um, but I think it is interesting, um, and I know we don't want to be – all in on the Broncos now that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the quarterback that Sean was hoping all offseason long. But um, I think Fant lasting this long is quite interesting with nine tight ends already off the board. How, Sean, do you feel about a second tight end? I, I, it's not really something that I'm really, and you know, in managed leagues pushing to do, but I think, I think we're looking to a spot here where I thought he might have been gone around and a half ago. Well, it's another area where we could get a big advantage on the league. It gives us both the floor and it gives us the upside. Uh, if you have your tight end breakout in FFPC leagues, then he makes a very good flex and he gives you more flex depth again during the bye weeks. And so you can play that both directions. Uh, I've had plenty of situations in which teams going into the fantasy playoffs, going into the race for the $500,000, that number one tight end goes down. And then you're kind of looking at, this drop off from being a super squad to being a squad where you've almost got an empty starting lineup spot. So how do you work through that? So I'm torn because I'm going to have a really hard time not taking the wide receivers that have come to us in this draft. We finally have that dream scenario where the wide receivers have fallen to, to take a tight end would be difficult. So I don't know, Anthony. It looks like everybody is going to get to us. Who, who should we yeah, take? This is, this, is <laughs> this is just uh, this is dream stuff. Yeah, this is quite difficult because <sighs> I'm, I'm tempted to just say like, if we take if a fan makes it to us here, we take them, and then we're we're guaranteed like one of these receivers on the way back, uh, and we have kind of depth in both spots. Um, if we want to kind of be a little more aggressive on Hawkinson, just out and out being the guy, you know, then we double tap receiver. So that, that's kind of the decision. And there goes Logan Thomas. So Logan Thomas goes. I was going to say, I've taken Logan Thomas ahead of Fant in a number of drafts. Would he be an option there or at least give us some confidence that the team at the turn wasn't going to take a tight end? Now, that team does not have a tight end, so Fant being selected there does feel like a big risk. Man, to have Chenault come to 7-11 and not take him would be brutal. It's hard, it's hard to get a feel for what the, the team in between us might do. Their team is... You know, receiver needy two, two receivers <laughs> and so they they need a receiver they need a tight end no guarantee that they'll go that route i think i would re I, I would regret not having chenault more than i would regret not having fant if we have that, if it's coming down to that yeah i mean chenault's more likely to come back but i can snap either one real quick here anthony who do you like let's take fant and we're gonna trust the process chenault's making it back we're getting visca on the way back if he goes now, I'm going to break into tears. Now, um, look, I'll set. I'll settle for the Tyler Boyd's there too. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy if we if we have to settle for Boyd because at least then we have two pieces of that uh, explosive Bengals offense. Well, I, I know I was in a draft recently where Debo Samuel went before Ayuk. That drafter got hammered for making the biggest reach in the draft. I'm a huge fan of Kittle. I'm a huge fan of Ayuk. 
I don't think it's remotely impossible or even unlikely that Debo Samuel leads this team in scoring out of those two positions. Is, is that a possibility, Anthony? It would be, I think it would be difficult, but I mean, again, Debo is a guy like two years ago, we were all really excited, you know, after two years ago when he was a rookie, we were all really excited. So what really has changed? I mean, I know that they added, they basically added like a, a potential alpha in Iuke, right? I mean, that's, that's a big deal, but um, you know, I think what's nice about like the San Francisco guys, the Cincinnati guys is that their median, like our expectation of them is already really high. Uh, and then you factor in that there could be uh, some kind of injury or some kind of chaos. That's like almost like a super zero RB, you know, selection at receiver because we, we have all this upside and then actually that's not as much up. We're not capped in that ceiling. There's actually more ceiling. So, uh, but Visca makes it back to us. By the, the way, this has worked <laughs> out incredibly. Um, Sean and Anthony went for Fant. Adam Troutman went off the board with the next pick, and DJ Chark went off the board with the following pick. So, I don't know. You aren't gonna. You aren't gonna break my heart here, guys, and and <laughs> deviate from Chanel Darius. Wheels up. It so Boyd Samuel tough guys to pass on in round yeah. eight. But we do have Lozicational, and now, you know, one of the things that's been bizarre to me, considering how if you draft a running back, it pushes wide receivers down. If you draft a wide receiver, it pushes running backs down. But in all of these different leagues, when I go running back early, then the wide receivers don't come back. If we go wide receiver early, then you get this embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. But again, <laughs> that doesn't hurt you, because right. what you want is this embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. One of the things that it allows you to do is go for even more upside than you might have otherwise. I think that Claypool is a little bit of a riskier pick. Now, we selected him on our Stealing Bananas team as well. I think there's a decent chance that he finishes third out of this group, finishes behind Johnson, behind Juju. Those two guys are very, very good. And then you look at Judy. Could he finish behind Sutton? Obviously, could he get boxed out by Fant? Obviously, you, know, you look at LaVisca, and there's a, a very real possibility. And we've we've talked him up so much. You know, You have to remind yourself and listeners not to get in you know, in round four or something silly like that, it's very reasonable that Chark, who was picked one slot ahead of him here, could finish not just with more points, but with a lot more points than Chenault does. However, within the context of what we've already done, we've created a team now. Again, we talk all the time. You want to get six of the top 15 overall wide receivers. We're very much on that pathway with not only taking a lot of receivers, but the profile of the receivers we've selected. Yeah, like when we look at, you know, Hell Ridley and Higgins to start off and the the upside then off, you know, Judy Chenault and Claypool all heading into that second season just puts us in a really, really strong position. Um, I, I think we have a huge amount of upside here. And I think, like you mentioned, the possibility of us having those guys in the top 15 wide receivers, I think we're in a really good spot. The other thing that I I think that having Fant there does is like if Hawkinson doesn't work out, we're kind of having two shots at guys that we think is going to get break into that elite tier and then if like if both of them break in we're just in an incredible situation so i i think so far i don't really know if this could have went better for us and we'll leave it there for today's show still no running backs uh, on the roster we'll see what happens now over the next uh, couple of rounds but it's going to be uh, enjoyable i'm really looking forward to sharing the rest of the series with you we have so many 
uh, interest and picks that will come up obviously we have done this draft i know what happens recording this after so i uh, don't want to spoil it all for you but it's uh, it's going to be fun i'm really happy with how this team turned out some of you'll already know how the team turned out you'll have seen it on my twitter feed if you want to go there give me a follow it is at overtime ireland uh, as well if you want to let me or anthony know your thoughts on the draft so far what things you might change what decisions you might make just let us know uh, you can let anthony know at amixta on twitter make sure you're following him check out his Substack as well it's at amixta.substack.com lots of great content coming your way from him there of course my co-host is sean siegel check out his great work up on rotaviz.com we'll have all the regular rotaviz overtime content coming over this week as well we'll have three of those we're splitting this draft and recap series into five so you're going to have seven shows coming your way on the rotaviz overtime podcast feed this week if you are a listener to the podcast through the main feed make sure you subscribe to the rotaviz overtime podcast feed because these shows will be going up there much sooner than they will be going up on the road of his main feed just with the volume of shows that get posted on the main feed this will be split out over two weeks on the main feed it'll go up all this week on the road of his overtime podcast feed so make sure you're subscribed there wherever you listen to podcasts give us a written interview as well we do much appreciate that we've gone past the 100 uh, reviews mark and uh, we're keeping that pushing on let's see where we can get before the start of the season we may even run another contest over the next couple of weeks regarding those itunes and apple reviews uh, so thank you for that continued support so we'll be back with more shows as the week progresses hopefully you're enjoying the content until we're back with another episode of road overtime have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on road radio please rate and review the road radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road with a discount through the road radio homepage road forward slash podcast